Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today, we have foes. Some are seen, some are unseen. Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The church must and will fight against seen and unseen foes. Satan's agencies in human form are on the ground. Men have confederated to oppose the Lord of hosts. These confederacies will continue until Christ shall leave his place of intercession before the mercy seat and shall put on the garments of vengeance. Satanic agencies are in every city, busily organizing into parties, those opposed to the law of God. I'm going to read that sentence again. Oh dear, my clock's going to go off. Uh, I think I'll reach up here and turn off the clock. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Okay, read that sentence again. I was going to uh, read. Um... Satanic agencies are in every city, busily organizing into parties those opposed to the law of God. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are opposed to the law of God for different reasons. And um, satanic agencies, it says, they're just organizing all those parties. Professed saints and avowed unbelievers, they take their stand with these parties. In other words, those who are professed to be the people of God are actually going to be included in those parties that are being organized against God. There are people who claim to be Christians that don't keep God's law, in other words. God has revealed what is to take place in the last days, that his people may be prepared to stand against the tempest of opposition and wrath. Those who have been warned of the events before them they're not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm, comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble. There's no time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance. Boy, yeah, we have a lot of things that Satan brings into our lives that are of minor importance, and we get so distracted with this, that, and the other. I mean... Just one example of that is whether the earth is flat or not, or, I mean, it could be an issue, it could be important to know, but it's not important for salvation, it's just distracting, or, and I'm not putting down anybody, any flat earthers, I promise you, I'm just saying there are things that, as we get closer to the end of time, that are really, really important, and there are things that aren't so important, that we'll find out sometime in the future, we'll know the answer. To these things and whether or not the crucifixion was Wednesday night and that sort of thing you hear what I'm saying <coughs> excuse me sorry distractions Satan is distracting people um, they're rearranging chairs on a ship that's going down and um, so God has revealed what is to take place in the last days so that his people may be prepared to stand against the tempest of opposition and wrath. Those who have been warned 
of the events before them are not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm, comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble. It's no time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance. The Sunday movement is now making its way in darkness. And I'll just insert here that this was written like in the late 1800s. And it was even then making its way in darkness. There's a Sunday law called blue laws in practically every state. They're just not being enforced in many states. Some states uh, have their liquor stores closed on Sunday and other ones different things, but they're not really being enforced. Uh, right now, 2025 is supposed to be when um, a Sunday, a common day is supposed to be enforced and they are doing it for the supposedly the environment. But it's being pushed by uh, the papacy and many others who the ecum ecumenical movements and they'll start out with no teeth in it but later on they'll put teeth in it so the sunday movement is now making its way in darkness the leaders are concealing the true issue and many who unite in the movement do not themselves see whether the undercurrent is tending its professions are mild and apparently christian but when it shall speak it will reveal the spirit of the dragon it's our duty to do all in our power to avert the threatened danger. And that quote can be found in Testimonies, Volume 5, page 452. The time is coming when God's people will feel the hand of persecution because they keep holy the seventh day. This is not new. It's happened past in the history before many times. The man of sin who thought to change times and laws, who's always oppressed the people of God, will cause laws to be made enforcing the observance of the first day of the week. We're in the process of seeing that actually being fulfilled. Um, I think he calls it, not his Laudato, Laudato C, but uh, Laudato Diem is his latest one, wherein he speaks of this very thing. But he talks in circles, so it's difficult to follow the uh, subject matter. But God's people are to stand firm for him, and the Lord will work in their behalf, showing plainly that he is the God of gods. So, what was it? Our verse today, Daniel 12.10. What did Daniel 12.10 say? Oh, excuse me. Would be the experience of God's people. I have uh, five things listed here. So they would be purified, made white, tried. They would be wise and they would understand. And I believe that these are in order of event. And when you're purified and made white, you're totally tried. And then you become wise through the process, and then you understand exactly what God's doing. That sounds like a rough process. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3 tells us, The fining pot or crucible is for silver, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. As an example, a furnace and a crucible purifies metal, but God acts as a crucible to the heart. For those who will surrender to the process, he would purify and test everyone. The price has been paid for everyone. He would test and work with everyone. But some draw back and refuse to accept the trials. They complain. They rebel. They accuse God of unfairness. They cry. And uh, others surrender 
they submit, and with the affection to their father receive correction, they are purified thereby. In kindness, God has revealed the future and the persecutions that he will allow to burn up the dross of earthliness. If you feel some resistance in yourself, that's another part of dross. It's going to get burned up. Remember what Jesus asked his disciples in John chapter 18, verse 11. I'll read that verse. Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath, the cup which my Father hath given me. Shall I not drink it? Revelation 14, 12 says, At the end of the third angel's message, quote, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. So when you're reading chapter 14, uh, towards the, uh, Revel or see, the third angel's message reveals those who worship the beast. And at the end of the third angel's message, it re reveals those who worship God. What's the difference? The ones who worship God keep his commandments. The one who worship the beast keep his commandments. And which commandment is that? Well, which one um, is not being kept? It's the Sabbath. Uh, of God's law. Well, which one are, which Sabbath are they keeping? They're keeping the beast Sabbath, which they freely say that um, they invented the day of worship of the sun. So there's going to be the difference. Those who worship the beast in his image and keep his Sabbath, those who worship God and keep his commandments. Revelation 14, 12 says again, here are they that keep the commandments of God. So, um, their people are either in one group or the other. And so, Rome instituted Sunday, and they claim it publicly. Who is the beast? Rome. Who is the image beast? The United States and apostate Protestants who have not entirely left Rome during the Reformation. They didn't follow all the way through to leave. They had an opportunity in 1844 to entirely leave Rome, and many of them chose not to. Those were our ancestors, and they're not us, and we can still choose to leave Rome. The point of going through all that little exercise is just to reveal that our study today, God's people will be tried. They will be persecuted for keeping Sabbath. They'll be in that crucible. They'll be tested by the ones who keep Sunday. And we can't be surprised when this happens. Let's think ahead to the day of deliverance and an eternity of peace. I have a few promises I want to read, and many people apply these promises to, um, is, to to Jews on earth. When Jesus left the temple, he said, Your house is left unto you desolate. As a nation, they were left. As individuals, they can be saved just like you and me. And many just remember that they took when uh, their promises of the Messiah, they applied their promises that pointed to the second coming in power, to the coming of their Messiah, which was, which is, we know in truth in Isaiah, is a lamb to the slaughter. So they misapplied that, and now they're misapplying again the promises that are for spiritual Israel, those who are faithful to God who will receive the promise of the new earth because they have become the seed of Abraham through Christ, who was his seed, and we are spiritual Israel, and these promises are for us, not for, not for physical Israel. Many of them generally don't even believe in Christ, and they didn't receive him and what they did receive was the curses because the promises to them were conditional and if they obeyed their blessings if they disobeyed the curses and they're all listed in the old testament 
And if you look over those curses, you'll see that's what they got. I'm not, I I'm not anti-Semitic. <laughs> I'm just saying it right now. I pray for each one of them to be saved, just as we do for us. So here's some promises. Um, but be glad and rejoice forever. Isaiah 65, 18 and 19. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. This is the new Jerusalem. He will create it. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in here, in her, nor the voice of crying. Um, now, here's okay, another one, I think. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. Violence will no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. This is in Isaiah chapter 60. And once again, it's referring to spiritual Israel and the new Jerusalem. We have to apply these promises correctly. Okay. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That's Jeremiah 33, 16. And once again, it refers to spiritual Israel and New Jerusalem. Um, and thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nations abhor, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes shall worship, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel. He has chosen you. And that's Isaiah 49, verses 7. So, the Lord has promised us, this is our glorious deliverance. And we will live in the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, and be his people. And we all belong to some tribe of, uh, of Israel. Because we have been grafted in. Remember, Paul says that we're grafted in. And um, that's where we belong. And let's just close with prayer rather than I'll just keep wandering on that subject. Dear Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have made us your children, children of Abraham through Christ. Thank you for your promise of deliverance. We know, Lord, that you will give us the strength to go through these trials as they present themselves. Help us not to create a time of trouble ahead of time, but to be faithful, Lord, and to love our enemies. Give us love for the unlovely. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today, we have foes. Some are seen, some are unseen. Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. The church must and will fight against seen and unseen foes. Satan's agencies in human form are on the ground. Men have confederated to oppose the Lord of hosts. These confederacies will continue until Christ shall leave his place of intercession before the mercy seat.
and shall put on the garments of vengeance. Satanic agencies are in every city, busily organizing into parties, those opposed to the law of God. I'm going to read that sentence again. Oh dear, my clock's going to go off. Uh, I think I'll reach up here and turn off the clock. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Okay, read that sentence again. I was going to uh, read. Um, where was I? Satanic agencies are in every city, busily organizing into parties those opposed to the law of God. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are opposed to the law of God for different reasons. And um, satanic agencies, it says, they're just organizing all those parties. Professed saints and avowed unbelievers, they take their stand with these parties. In other words, those who are professed to be the people of God are actually going to be included in those parties that are being organized against God. There are people who claim to be Christians that don't keep God's law, in other words. God has revealed what is to take place in the last days, that his people may be prepared to stand against the tempest of opposition and wrath. Those who have been warned of the events before them are not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm, comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble. There's no time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance. Boy, yeah, we have a lot of things that Satan brings into our lives that are of minor importance, so we get so distracted with this, that, and the other. I mean, just one example of that is whether the earth is flat or not, or... I mean, it could be an issue. It could be important to know, but it's not important for salvation. It's just distracting, or and I'm not putting down anybody, any flat earthers. I promise you. I'm just saying there are things that, uh, as we get closer to the end of time, that are really, really important, and there are things that aren't so important that we'll find out sometime in the future. We'll know the answer to these things, and whether or not the crucifixion was Wednesday night. And that sort of thing. You hear what I'm saying? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Distractions. Satan is distracting people. Um, they're rearranging chairs on a ship that's going down. And um, So, God has revealed what is to take place in the last days so that his people may be prepared to stand against the tempest of opposition and wrath. Those who have been warned of the events before them are not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble it's no time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance the Sunday movement is now making its way in darkness and I'll just insert here that this was written like in the late 1800s, and it was even then making its way in darkness. There's a Sunday law called blue laws in practically every state. They're just not being enforced in many states. Some states, 
uh, have their liquor stores closed on Sunday and other ones different things, but they're not really being enforced. Uh, right now, 2025 is supposed to be when um, a Sunday, a common day is supposed to be enforced and they are doing it for the supposedly the environment. But it's being pushed by uh, the papacy and many others who the ecumenical movements and they'll start out with no teeth in it but later on they'll put teeth in it so the sunday movement is now making its way in darkness the leaders are concealing the true issue and many who unite in the movement do not themselves see whether the undercurrent is tending its professions are mild and apparently christian but when it shall speak it will reveal the spirit of the dragon it's our duty to do all in our power to avert the threatened danger. And that quote can be found in Testimonies, Volume 5, page 452. The time is coming when God's people will feel the hand of persecution because they keep holy the seventh day. This is not new. It's happened past in the history before many times. The man of sin who thought to change times and laws, who's always oppressed the people of God, will cause laws to be made enforcing the observance of the first day of the week. We're in the process of seeing that actually being fulfilled. Um, I think he calls it, not his Laudato, Laudato C, but uh, Laudato Diem is his latest one, wherein he speaks of this very thing. But he talks in circles, so it's difficult to follow the uh, subject matter. But God's people are to stand firm for him, and the Lord will work in their behalf, showing plainly that he is the God of gods. So, what was it? Our verse today, Daniel 12.10. What did Daniel 12.10 say? Oh, excuse me. Would be the experience of God's people. I have uh, five things listed here. So they would be purified, made white, tried. They would be wise and they would understand. And I believe that these are in order of event. And when you're purified and made white, you're totally tried. And then you become wise through the process, and then you understand exactly what God's doing. That sounds like a rough process. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3 tells us, The fining pot or crucible is for silver, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. As an example, a furnace and a crucible purifies metal, but God acts as a crucible to the heart. For those who will surrender to the process, he would purify and test everyone. The price has been paid for everyone. He would test and work with everyone. But some draw back and refuse to accept the trials. They complain. They rebel. They accuse God of unfairness. They cry. And uh, others surrender. They submit. And with the affection to their father, receive correction they are purified thereby. In kindness, God has revealed the future and the persecutions that he will allow to burn up the dross of earthliness. If you feel some resistance in yourself, that's another part of dross. It's going to get burned up. Remember what Jesus asked his disciples in John chapter 18, verse 11. I'll read that verse. Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Revelation fourteen twelve says, 
at the end of the third angel's message. Quote, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. So when you're reading chapter 14, uh, towards the, uh, Revel or, see, the third angel's message reveals those who worship the beast. And at the end of the third angel's message, it re reveals those who worship God. What's the difference? The ones who worship God keep his commandments. The one who worship the beast keep his commandments. And which commandment is that? Well, which one um, is not being kept? It's the Sabbath uh, of God's law. Well, which one are, which Sabbath are they keeping? They're keeping the beast Sabbath, which they freely say that um, they invented the day of worship of the sun. So there's going to be the difference. Those who worship the beast in his image and keep his Sabbath, those who worship God and keep his commandments. Revelation 14, 12 says again, here are they that keep the commandments of God. So um, their people are either in one group or the other. And so Rome instituted Sunday and they claim it publicly. Who is the beast? Rome. Who is the image beast? The United States and apostate Protestants who have not entirely left Rome during the Reformation. They didn't follow all the way through to leave. They had an opportunity in 1844 to entirely leave Rome, and many of them chose not to. Those were our ancestors, and they're not us, and we can still choose to leave Rome. The point of going through all that little exercise is just to reveal that our study today, God's people will be tried. They will be persecuted for keeping Sabbath. They'll be in that crucible. They'll be tested by the ones who keep Sunday. And we can't be surprised when this happens. Let's think ahead to the day of deliverance and an eternity of peace. I have a few promises I want to read, and many people apply these promises to, um, is, to, to Jews on earth. When Jesus left the temple, he said, Your house is left unto you desolate. As a nation, they were left. As individuals, they can be saved just like you and me. And many just remember that they took when uh, their promises of the Messiah, they applied their promises that pointed to the second coming in power to the coming of their Messiah, which was which is we know in truth in Isaiah as a lamb to the slaughter. So they misapplied that and now they're misapplying again the promises that are for spiritual Israel, those who are faithful to God who will receive the promise of the new earth because they have become the seed of Abraham through Christ, who was his seed. And we are spiritual Israel and these promises are for us, not for not for physical Israel. Many of them generally don't even believe in Christ, and they didn't receive him. And what they did receive was the curses, because the promises to them were conditional. And if they obeyed, they were blessings. If they disobeyed, the curses, and they're all listed in the Old Testament. And if you look over those curses, you'll see that's what they got. I'm not, I'm not anti-Semitic, <laughs> to say it right now. I pray for each one of them to be saved, as, as we do for us. So here's some promises. Um, but be glad and rejoice forever. Isaiah 65, 18 and 19. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. This is the new Jerusalem. He will create it. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in here, in her, nor the voice of crying. Um, 
now there's okay, another one I think whereas you have been forsaken and hated so that no one went through you I will make you an eternal excellence a joy of many generations violence will no longer be heard in your lands neither wasting nor destruction within your borders you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise this is in Isaiah chapter 60 once again, it's referring to spiritual Israel and the New Jerusalem. We have to apply these promises correctly. Okay. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. That's Jeremiah 33, 16. And once again, it refers to spiritual Israel and New Jerusalem. Um. And thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nations abhor, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes shall worship, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel. He has chosen you. And that's Isaiah 49, verses 7. So the Lord has promised us this is our glorious deliverance and we will live in the new earth and the new Jerusalem and be his people and we all belong to some tribe of, uh, of Israel because we have been grafted in remember Paul says that we're grafted in and um, that's where we belong and let's just close with prayer rather than I'll just keep wandering on that subject Dear Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have made us your children, children of Abraham through Christ. Thank you for your promise of deliverance. We know, Lord, that you will give us the strength to go through these trials as they present themselves. Help us not to create a time of trouble ahead of time, but to be faithful, Lord, and to love our enemies. Give us love for the unlovely. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.